Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is Wednesday, February the 2nd, 2022, the feast day of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary or the presentation of our Lord. Praise be to God. It's also Candle Mass, so hopefully you're going to get an opportunity to go to Holy Mass. I know my wife's got like, you know, 22 pounds of candles ready to go uh, to be blessed tonight. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much she's got, but it's a lot. She's been working on the project. I think she said she had like 187 tea lights now ready. She had beeswax that uh, she got 100%, melted it all down, created her own little tea lights. She's got cases ready to go for tonight's candle mass. So it's going to be a great day. Praise be to God. And hopefully you'll be able to get to Holy Mass. But here's a question for you. Have you ever heard of Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación? And yes, I know I didn't say that correctly. Don't look at me like that, Rudy. I get it. I get it. It's that, uh, it's that gringo <laughs> accent that I have. Purificación. Yeah. It, well, when you say it, it sounds better. But uh, at any rate, I wonder how many people have heard of it. You probably have heard it under the title of Our Lady of Good Success. We're going to have a conversation about this 16th century incredible story. Uh, Mother Mariana is an incorruptible. She's one of the incorruptibles. You can go visit her today and see her incorrupted body on display. Uh, incredible story. She suffered the pains of hell. Zero consolation and grace for like, I can't remember how long it was. Uh, just to try to save one of her sisters. It's an incredible story. The prophecies alone will blow your mind. And we're going to have a conversation about that coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that. At 15 past the hour, I'm going to uh, have a conversation with my buddy Mark Houck, uh, founder of the Kingsmen Apostolate. You know, wh- here's a question. We were joking about this yesterday. Why do more men know more about Tom Brady's 92,000 passing yards uh, than they do about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. You know, almost, uh, I think it was down to a third of Catholics understand, know, or believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. But golly gee whiz, how many of those guys would know that Tom Brady is probably the, the goat of goats when it comes to football quarterbacks? Uh, we're going to have that conversation to 15 past. So if you know a guy, I call it the beloved knucklehead club, uh, maybe this could be a conversation to share with him. So that's coming up. Again, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Have you, when, when did you ever learn about Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I have I had never heard of it until oh, I started working. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. What a treat. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward God. to the conversation. Yeah, praise God. Well, I the first time I ever learned about her was in 2020, right before the lockdowns. I, came, I stumbled across an article from the TFP. Mm-hmm. And that really piqued my curiosity. So after reading their articles, I purchased a book uh, on the subject, and that blew my mind. I mean, I, that's one of the books I read during the lockdowns, 15 Days to Slow the Spread. Now I've read an <laughs> entire library all these years. Uh, well, our, 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 our Blessed Mother, you know, she's got many, many different uh, apparitions. So uh, this one's she's pretty always powerful. here to help us. Yeah, know? so I, it's going to be really exciting. Good mother. It's going to be exciting. Speaking of excitement, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. 
Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. When did you learn about Our Lady of One Successo de la Purificación? Not long ago. I mean, I was about maybe two years ago. I was, you know, the TFP, like you said, uh, they are their articles, but I actually didn't read their articles. I was just hanging out with them and they were telling me about the about Our Lady of Good Success. And it was it was I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. So, yep, that was pretty awesome. I uh, was blown away by her prophecies. They are like night and day it's yeah. very clear that it's like whoa we're yes. living yes. through this like wow whoa <laughs> i mean it happened in 1594 started actually in the first apparition of 1594 and some of these uh and the messages are really for our time today so more on that coming up at 35 past the hour it is going to be a very cool conversation we're looking forward to that so do me a favor and uh, rather than sit and make fun of my spanish uh how about share us with a friend that'd be super helpful and awesome you could do both. It's it's possible. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Uh, don't forget to get your car raffle tickets, the uh, 2022 GL8 Night Black 250 Mercedes is going to be driven off by one Catholic radio listener at the end of this month. It could be you, and uh, us, you know, to be honest with you, we get to use the funds to keep our Catholic radio postulate alive and well, sharing things like the powerful message of Our Lady of Buen Successo de la uh, Purificación, and, uh, and more. The good, the true, and the beautiful, right? You make that possible, and you might win a, a cool car. Go to grnonline.com for the details. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Nancy. I see a new listener there hanging out with us on the Facebook side. Let's pray. Let's jump into our hour. We have a lot to cover, plus the news, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, and so much more. Let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world and a greater fidelity by the hierarchy of the Church to the uh, tradition of patrimony and the mission to save souls. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive right into the headline news this morning. Daily Caller reports national debt balloons to $30 trillion. The U.S. national debt surpassed $30 trillion for the first time ever in the nation's history. The data was published on Tuesday by the Treasury Department's fiscal data website. The national debt is divided between public debt and intergovernmental debt, respectively representing approximately $23.5 trillion and approximately $6.5 trillion, according to the data. Public debt is the, amount of the, uh, is the amount the U.S. Treasury borrowed from outside lenders via financial markets to support governmental activities, according to the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. Individuals, corporations, and foreign entities, as well as state and local governments and pension and mutual funds, hold this kind of debt. Intergovernmental debt comprises of federal trust funds and other governmental accounts, according to the foundation. News of the national debt comes after the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, a key inflation gauge, recently reached its highest level since 1983. A Gallup poll released in December found that nearly half of Americans reported experiencing financial hardship due to the surge in inflation. Reuters reports one student killed and one wounded in shooting outside Minnesota school. A shooting outside a public school for special needs youth in suburban Minneapolis on Tuesday left one student dead and another one badly wounded. Authorities searched for suspects who immediately fled the scene, according to police. Authorities provided few details of the circumstances surrounding the bloodshed, 
and took no questions from reporters at a news briefing afterwards. And the New York Post reports Putin says U.S. ignored Russia, Russia's Ukraine demands, but leaves room for more talks. Russian President Vladimir Putin said Tuesday that the U.S. had ignored Moscow's concerns about the West's stance towards Ukraine shortly after Secretary of State Anthony Blinken told his Russian counterpart Sergei Lavrov that the Kremlin must withdraw its troops from its western border and reiterated the threat of swift and severe consequences if Russia invades. In his first public comments about the crisis since the end of last year, Putin claimed the Ukraine standoff was an instrument for the U.S. to achieve its goal to contain Russia's development. Senior State Department officials described the call to the Associated Press as a professional and fairly candid conversation, noting that Lavrov restated Russia's insistence that it has no plans to invade Ukraine, leading Blinken to reply that if Putin really didn't intend to invade Ukraine, Russia would withdraw its troops. And Breitbart reports truckers blockade U.S. border. Tow companies show support. The Canadian Freedom Convoy has spread to the U.S. border with Alberta, where the local towing companies have refused to aid authorities in quelling the protest. Joining in support of the Freedom Convoy that traveled to Ottawa in the protests of COVID vaccine mandates and restrictions, a number of truckers formed a blockade on the Canada-United States border in Coots, Alberta, according to Rebel News. The truckers who shut down the border in Coots, Alberta, voiced support for the truckers protesting in the capital city of Ottawa. On Monday, officers at the border began redirecting traffic elsewhere, though negotiations were made for the truckers to allow one lane of traffic. Police have since resorted to enlisting local towing companies to help quell the protest, but the companies have refused to participate. Speaking to Western Standard, one worker with a towing company said that they would lose support of the local communities if they were to help the police. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is more French names. Saint Jean de l'Estonec was born in Bordeaux, 1556. At the age of 17, de l'Estonec married Gaston de Montferrand, with whom she had seven children, three of whom died in infancy, and she was married for 24 years when her husband died. This marked the beginning of a very painful period of her life with the further loss within seven months of her father, uncle, and eldest son. Following her husband's death, St. Jean de Lestonic, at the age of 46, and with her children now grown, turned to a contemplative life and entered the Cistercian Monastery in Toulouse, where she was given the religious name of Jean, Jean of St. Bernard. She found great peace and satisfaction in the monastic life, but after six months, she became very ill and had to leave the monastery. She then went to live on the estate of La Motte Louise to, re to recover her health. And when she adopted the lifestyle of a secular devotee, performing many acts of charity, including food and alms distribution, and regularly meeting with the young women of her social class to pray and discuss religious questions. A few years later, in 1605, a plague broke out in Bordeaux. At the risk of her own life, she returned to her native city to help care for the sick and suffering in the slums of the city. A Jesuit attached to the college in Bordeaux arranged a meeting with her and two Jesuit fathers. The Jesuits asked her to serve as foundress of a new teaching order for young women. The three de decided upon a cloistered community following the Benedictine rule modified to allow the sisters to teach. The group gained approval from Pope Paul V in 1607 and took the name Compiègne de Notre-Dame. The group purchased an old priory near Chateau and the community was established its first school for girls in Bordeaux. By the time she died in 1640, at the age of 84, 30 houses existed in France. 
She was beatified in 1900 by Pope Leo XIII and was canonized on May 15, 1949 by Pope Pius XII. As of 2016, her religious order had over 1,450 sisters found in 27 countries throughout Europe, Africa, North America, and South America. St. Jean de Lestonic, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 32. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And, inspired by the Holy Ghost, he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people, Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there is just not even close to enough time to do justice to this passage. I love the fact that the early church fathers really felt the need to dive into this passage today and bring out the fact that Our Lady did not need to be purified. <laughs> she did not. She, in fact, she was. Uh, she gave birth to our Lord in a virginal way. Her virginity was never compromised whatsoever. And the early church fathers are amazing on this. Uh, Bede says, the venerable Bede says, if you diligently examine the words of the law, you will find indeed that the mother of God, as she is free from all connection with man, so is she exempt from any obligation of the law. For not every woman who brings forth, but she who has received seed and brought forth, is pronounced unclean. And by the ordinances of the law is taught that she must be cleansed in order to distinguish probably from her who, though a virgin, has conceived and brought forth. In other words, they're making this distinction here. Venerable Bede goes on to say, but that we might be loosed from the bonds of the law, as did Christ, so also Mary submitted herself of her own will to the law. Praise be to God. This is the moment our lady's sorrows begin. Right? She turns to the cross, the coming death and resurrection of her only son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and Our Lady in her very special role as the Gibi Ra, the Queen Mother of Heaven and Earth. We'll be right back. Mark Out from the King's Bench coming up next. Don't go anywhere. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a Midnight Black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st, and you must be 18 or older to participate. If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, It's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, Where are you, God? 
The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God, and theists don't. Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know he exists by seeing or touching him, but we can know he exists through logic and reason. There's also good reason to believe God has revealed himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then everything he said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Father Adam Purdy about Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación, or Our Lady of the Great Event of the Purification, an incredible Marian apparition in Quito, Ecuador, back in the 16th century, with uh, grave complications for our time, I would say. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But to right now, joining us via uh, Zoom chat is our good friend Mark Houck from the Kingsmen, thekingsmen.org. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Mark, and good Happy morning, New Joe. Year to you, by the way. Happy New Year, Joe. Good to be with you. It's good to see you and have you back on the program. Uh, it's been uh, several months now since we've had you on. Now, uh, you know, yesterday with Tom Brady's um, announcement of his retirement, it, it struck me how many men will know that he passed for 92,000 yards over his career. Mm. I mean, I think he had to grow a few more fingers to hold all the Super Bowl rings. You know, he drags them in behind them because it's too much weight for him to lift up. He's a quarterback, so he's got no muscles. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But uh, most guys uh, who love sports probably know more about Tom Brady and his career, the goat of goats, uh, than they do about what the church teaches, their vocation as husbands and fathers and men in society. And, And I know, Mark, you tried out for the New England Patriots. Like That's right. football I was, was your life. Patriots. Yeah, I was scouted by the New England Patriots about uh, three years before Tom was drafted. So I, how do you feel about Tom Brady? How do you feel about him uh, retiring? But more importantly, how do you feel about uh, too many men know more about Tom than they do about our Lord? Well, my first response to the question is, is I'm glad for Tom that he's retiring because I don't think he's going to be able to walk much longer if he <laughs> doesn't retire. Uh, you know, and it's good that he he's going to be able to be with his children and, and be there for them because it's, it definitely takes a toll on the body. That said, to your point, um, you know, people believe more in Tom Brady than I think the Eucharist. They believe more in Tom Brady and they put more faith in their athletes. And it's idolatry for so many men today in our country, football being the, the supreme uh, idol, um, than they do their faith in God. And uh, you go to New England and it says, we believe, you know, what is it? Something they had some sort of logo, um, you know, we, we put our trust in Tom or something like that. You know? <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're that, you, you put that much stock in a game and it is just a game. Uh, you, you know, we see men, many men, and I know you see this in your area in Houston, coming to, to mass with football jerseys on oh, on yeah. a Sunday. You can see where their focus is. Um 80% of Catholics, as you know, Joe, don't believe in the real presence. So it's no wonder that they put more, they see it, they see it as more believable, right? With 92,000 passing yards, 
they see that success, it's more tangible than uh, a little baby showing up in a temple on this day uh, in, Jer- in Jerusalem. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm grateful that, that Tom Brady is retiring, I think, uh, because it gives other people a chance to, to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's unfortunate that so many and so many of the, the, the athletes of today are, um, you know, really gods to, to young people and even men, grown men. Um, it's idolatry, Joe. It's, it's our idolatry of today. You know, um, I'm thinking of the verse, what is it to gain the whole world, but to lose your soul? Sure. And, uh, you know, Tom arguably has gained the whole world yet. His wife is a practicing Wiccan, mm-hmm. uh, from not, not mistaken. Tom is a baptized Catholic. Um, and it, it grieves me to see how many, uh, how, how many people would hear that for the first time, maybe shocked by a little sticker shock there. And then uh, maybe give them a pass, right? Oh, it's okay. It's no big deal. Um, how many? Wh- why is it important for men, in particular, to kind of be shocked by that, or or feel like that's a real concern, or like that should shock our senses? Like we that should be a wake up call, I think, for men. I think, and if it's not, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Well, I was shocked by it. I didn't know anything about his wife. I know she's a pretty lady, but uh, I don't know anything about her. Um, I really don't know that much about Tom Brady myself. I didn't even know he was a baptized Catholic. So that was a bit of a shock to me. Uh, that said, um, you know, we all, all, every sinner has a past, right? As St. Augustine, Augustine said. And so, you know, Tom has a past and, and certainly his wife does as well. So, um, yeah, I think that should jar people. I think that should jar people to say, you know, why? you know, why do I put so much faith in, in someone who isn't faith-filled? Um, and I don't know him. I don't judge him. I don't know his journey. Uh, but off, on the surface, uh, it would seem to me that that would be a pretty dangerous recipe um, for, for people to advocate as, as a role model or as someone to look to. So, um, you know, pray for Tom, right? Pray for his wife. Um, uh, I, I really don't know how to respond to that other than to say I was just as shocked as you were to hear that. So um, maybe it, maybe it does re- knock him down a peg. I, I would say this though: I, I have a friend who's the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and um, I talk to him pretty regularly. And he's a pretty faith-filled guy. He's not a Catholic; he's a Christian. Uh, and Sean McDermott, and uh, you know, when I talk to him. He, he he really always says it's just a game, you know. And I said, well, you're you're in um, you know the the company of Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, all these great coaches, Bill Belichick. I said, what's that feel like? He says, hey, man, it's just a job. So (laughs) he has the right perspective on football and the game. You know, he played probably the most, uh, I don't know, maybe the greatest playoff game ever. And I don't watch football, but I happened to watch it because my friend was coaching in it with my son the last uh, uh, fourth quarter, the last 10 minutes of the game. And it was probably the greatest playoff game ever at the Chiefs-Bills two weeks ago. And I reached out to him and I said, you know, take courage, you know, have strength and 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 let this time of, of uh, you know, disappointment bond your team and bring character to your team. And he said, you know what, thanks for that consolation. Thanks for those consoling words. I appreciate it. And he was just, you know, God bless. And, and the week prior to that game, he was telling me all for the glory of God. He's texting me all for the glory of God. Amen. So we have people in those world, that world that are very faith filled, that are walking the walk. Yet they're surrounded by a lot of people like a Tom Brady who are not. So, um, yeah, we, there's, there's light and darkness, though, at times. 
Mark, I think about, you know, I think about men now and, uh, you know, how we fill our time, how we associate ourselves with sports or even video games. Like for the younger people, video games are a big deal. And I, I think about it as sort of misdirected energy, right? We, we want to achieve, we want to win, we want to have all of these success, right? And we, we don't have that in our day-to-day lives, so we attach ourselves to things like sports or what have you. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, again, uh, you know, there's a, there's a hole, there's a God-sized hole in our lives, and we're going to fill it with something. Uh, for most men, and I, I hate to say it, uh, it's a great question. Um, they're looking to their fathers for their example. And so the men of today have uh, learned some of this behavior from their own fathers. And so they want to be like their dad. And, and many young men start to uh, absorb um, you know, the, the world of the dad. And dad, let's be honest, a lot of men a little younger than me are still addicted to video games. And, um, you know, there's grown men today who play video games like it's um, like it's their life or their job and to the detriment of their careers, to the detriment of their families. If they have one, most of them are pretty lonely and single guys who are doing that. But the young men of today, you know, I have to constantly, you know, we don't have a lot of gadgets in our home. I know Joe doesn't either. Uh, We homeschool. Uh, However, there's still this pull to this world of Fortnite and roadblocks and all this other stuff that somehow my kids know about. Uh, and, and I have to, I have to tell them, you know, turn it off, you yeah. know, we're done. Or I just gather it all up and say, yeah. no, you know, and I say, this is from the devil, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, we have to step in the gap into that breach. And as fathers, as men say no, and start denying ourselves uh, as Robert E. Lee said to the mother who came to him and what do I do for my son? How do I raise him up to be a man? He said, teach him to deny himself. And, and so these men who, you know, go to these games and, and these gadgets and so forth and video games, like it's their, it's their, it's their gospel. Mm. Uh, they, they haven't learned to deny themselves. You know, uh, Mark, I was thinking when you were talking to her a second ago about, you know, the men who show up to mass in their jerseys and things like that. It's it, the problem is, I think, and I want your thoughts on this is we like you said we need we want role models and we look at these sportsmen and say these guys can be my male role models these guys can replace my father can replace a good male role model and i think the same thing comes with uh, the superhero movement and all these other ideas we want to see and and seek something great and wonderful and but we've abandoned our catholic heroes of the past i'm thinking of king saint ferdinand and king louis the ninth going off to battle you know with the battle of lepanto Don Juan of Austria forcing all the men to go to confession before going to battle. These kind of heroic masculinity that's still Catholic and virtuous, it's been lost. And so we replaced it with superheroes and sports and these other kind of things. And we have to drag that into our liturgy and to everything else. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mark? Yeah, well, they don't, they don't know anything about those guys. You know, they, they, they're not taught them, even in our school you know, even in our good Catholic schools, to a degree, uh, then the kids aren't taught about those wonderful saints. The Battle of Lepanto, I, I mean, you have to educate yourself on that, uh, unfortunately. So to find those role models today, um, you know, it's just not available uh, unless you've got a classical curriculum or a homeschooling environment where you're really bringing that stuff in. You must be intentional about that. Those names aren't going to appear. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a 
it is an easy fix. It's, it's something there. And again, dad's totally into it. So the boys want to be like dad. Um, it's a shame. Uh, it's disappointing. Um, it, it's definitely, there's, there's not like it, it, sports are bad, right? This attitude that we need to avoid sports. It's formation of our will, right? It can really help a young person grow in virtue. And, yeah. and I know I use that and leverage that perseverance. I mean, Tom Brady was like drafted, like, the last quarterback in his draft class or something like that. Remember the guy he Look replaced? The first... Remember the What's guy that? remember the guy he replaced uh on the Pats? Uh, a startup? Yeah. yeah. Nobody Drew else Bledsoe? Yeah, nobody else remembers him either. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, he, he wouldn't even start all four years in college. He he was benched in college. So there's great perseverance there that he has demonstrated, which we can look to and say, okay, that's good. Yeah. We should persevere. However, um, we don't throw everything into that. You know, I mean, Tom is still a man. Tom is still a sinner. Tom is still someone who yeah. is a father and a husband. I like that he said, hey, I want to tend to my duties as a husband Amen. and, yeah. and as, a hus as, a, as a father. So, you know, men should listen to that. You know, the guys that can't retire, the guys that struggle retiring, and I wish he retired four or five years ago, Tom, for his own health reasons. Mm. You know, they, uh, there's something wrong with that. There's a defect in character when a man can't step away from a game like football. Yeah. Brett, we saw that with Brett Favre, too. He, he couldn't give it up. Right. He, he just had to keep going. Yeah. So much so that it kind of tainted his legacy a little bit. Not so much with Tom right now, but I imagine Tom Brady's not going to be able to walk in 10 years. Yeah, probably. We're almost out of time here. You know, and just I want to be clear that, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not Tom Brady's judge, but uh, <laughs> there, there, there needs to be an opportunity for men everywhere to prioritize their life. And as, as much as we love sports... You know, if we don't understand the faith, if we're not protecting our wife, our children, and our property against the world, the flesh, and the devil, then we're failing in our vocation as husbands and fathers. And I think uh, this opportunity to look at Tom's life is a, a teachable moment for all of us. So that's what we're doing in this segment. But uh, go to thekingsman.org. Check out the incredible Catholic masculine uh, retreats that Mark Houck offers there at thekingsmen.org. I think I'm going to go to the Flagstaff event this year on September. I'm very much looking forward to that. We'll have you back, Mark, very soon. We can talk more about the retreats. But Mark Houck, the Kingsman, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. We'll be right back. Reagan Newsom's uh, story's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com slash raffle. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. 
Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. The Blaze Report's universal health care bill fails in California after Democrats are unable to garner enough votes. A bill would have implemented universal health care in California failed on Monday after Democrats were unable to garner enough votes to push it through the state assembly. The state law would have been the first of its kind in the United States. Assemblymember Ash Calra wrote the bill but pulled it from the consideration after realizing it would not get the needed number of votes from the Democrat-controlled assembly. The legislation had no estimate on how much it would cost or how Democrats expected to pay for the project. A study from 2017 said that the bill would cost $33 billion a year, or $35 billion, when inflation is taken into account. And The Hill reports State Department orders embassy employees' families to leave Belarus. The U.S. Department of State on Monday ordered the departure of family members of government employees in Belarus and issued a do-not-travel advisory for the Eastern European country, which is closely aligned with Russia. Monday's order announced in a travel update on the department's website comes amid heightened tensions in Europe over a potential Russian invasion of Ukraine, which the U.S. cited is a primary factor of the advisory. Due to an increase in unusual and concerning Russian military activity near the border with Ukraine, U.S. citizens located in or considering travel to Belarus should be aware that the situation is unpredictable and there is heightened tension in the region, the notice reads. Breitbart reports a Tokyo population falls for the first time in over a quarter century. And Epic Times reports Michigan high school student sues school for suspending him for privately talking about Christian beliefs. A Plainwell, Michigan high school junior has gone to federal court to fight for his right to talk about his religion. The case arose when Plainwell high school student David Stout was suspended for three days for expressing his Christian beliefs and opinions in a private conversation with a like-minded student on school property and in private text messages outside the school with friends. In his conversation and text messages, Stout put forth the biblical teaching of love of God through Christ for sinners and expressed his own love for his peers. He shared the Christian doctrine that homosexual conduct was a sin and that God created only two biological genders, man and woman. Before being suspended, Stout alleges he was asked by a faculty member why he had not self-reported his sharing of his religious and political beliefs with fellow students to school officials. The Stout's attorney, David Coleman of the Great Lakes Justice Center, said David was suspended for three days last fall for stating his Christian beliefs in a private text conversation in a hallway at school. He's also being punished for not policing and reporting the inappropriate jokes of fellow students. He was instructed to stop posting his religious comments on all his social media platforms and was disciplined for the offensive behavior of some other students, something he wasn't aware of and did not participate in. And uh, that reminds me, dear listener, in America, you can be outwardly anything that you want, only not a Christian. Well, those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rude, for keeping us up to date. You know, back in the 16th century, Our Lady appeared to uh, a little nun, let's just say, little in stature, but grand in, uh, in, uh, in her presence. And um, too few of us know the story. So we've invited Father Adam Purdy, pastor of Queen of Angels, which is not far down the road from where we're at now, who has lectured on this uh, particular apparition, has led uh, uh, pilgrimages there, and so much more. Good morning to you, Father Adam Purdy. 
Good morning, Joe. How are you? Happy Feast Day. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, we're glad to have you on the show today, Father. Um, Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación. Uh, most people would have probably heard Our Lady of Good Success. Uh, I want to try to get as much details as we can in the very limited time we have with you today. So let's start with uh, the backstory. What is the story of this particular apparition from the 16th century? So the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to, as you said, this this little nun. She is a Franciscan conceptionist, which um, people are probably not very familiar with the order, but they are familiar with that series, the the Mystical City of God by Mary of Agreda. Uh, she also is a Franciscan conceptionist, and um, you know, if you looked up their images, you'd find them wearing the same garb. Our Lady appeared to Mariana of Jesus uh, in. Well, first time probably in 1594, uh, and then through a series of apparitions, um, commanded that a statue would be made um, of herself, of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that statue would sit as abbess, the perpetual abbess of the the monastery there in Quito, Ecuador. So it's... uh, it's something very special because it's the first time that we know of in which the Blessed Virgin Mary would install herself as as a religious and as the uh, the, the abbess of the monastery. Her statue uh, in the convent there resides in kind of a niche that they made uh, above the abbess's chair in the in the upper choir, um, indicating her authority over the monastery. And yeah, we can't. I don't know of another convent where the Blessed Virgin Mary claims such a, a role. Uh, so it's, it is something very significant. Um, you mentioned there, you know, Our Lady of Good Success, uh, the name. Uh, most people would know her by that. Uh, while most people would know her by that, they probably would not know the real meaning behind uh, these apparitions and, you know, what was the whole purpose of the Blessed Virgin Mary appearing, you know, people are familiar with the the um, prophecies that Our Lady has made, um, particularly for the 20th century, or you know, labeled for the 20th century, uh, and they they think, you know, yes, we'll pray to Our Lady for for a good outcome. We're going to pray for for success in our adventures, or success in our endeavors, or success in our business. Um, you know, they look at it as if that's that's the real meaning. And all it does in that sense is just promote in a general way devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, failing to see that there is something very, very specific about this title. Uh, and, and actually, that's the, the entire meaning, the entire reality uh, behind the apparitions. So, yeah. Father Adam Purdy is our guest, and we're talking about Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación. And one of the things about this particular uh, story, this apparition, this true account that blew me away when I first discovered this back in 2020, early 2020, uh, she's an incorruptible. Um, you know, and how many people haven't even heard about her? And you can visit her today and see her incorrupted body there. And and one of the things about her life and her story, I would like to get into the prophecies more. Maybe we're going to have a, a short break in a moment, and then on the other side of that, we can do that. But I want to talk about uh, how Mother Mariana lived such a heroic and saintly life. She even suffered the fa- the pains of hell while alive in order to save the soul of one of her corrupted sisters. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes, there was one of the sisters who was particularly 
uh, difficult, let's just say, for those of us that live in community and know the religious life, some of our confreres, some of our fellow sisters in community uh, can be very difficult. Um, it was revealed to her by uh, the Blessed Virgin that if someone doesn't step up and do some suffering for this particular sister, that she would lose her soul. And so, you know, the Virgin Mary asked Mariana, uh, will you be the one to, to do this suffering? And she said, yes, I will. Um, the Virgin Mary told her it would be a suffering, you know, equivalent to five years of hell, including, you know, kind of the, I think people think of the sufferings of hell, they think of the physical punishments, um, but there's also that that profound sense of despair and then loss. Um, so it was really uh, a tremendous suffering for her. Uh, in the end, the, the, the sister did, let's just say, change her tune and uh, she did die. And uh, it was revealed, revealed to Mariana that she did save her soul. So it's, it's quite remarkable to be able to sustain that level of suffering, which at the same time is going to purify her. But for, for five years to sustain that that level of suffering, is, yeah. yes, it's very heroic. You know, Father, in the all these visions happen in a certain historical context. Our Lady Fatima appears during the rise of communism, Our Lady Guadalupe during the uh, the coming of the conquistadors into Mexico. Uh, what was the historical context for why Our Lady came at this particular time in this particular place? Well, the colony of Quito at the time, it wasn't uh, the Republic of Ecuador, it was still a colony. Um, and one of the things that Our Lady says in the books, if you, if you read the books, she is kind of reaching out at the deplorable state, uh, the immorality that is kind of rampant. And the, the convent was meant to be something, even on the efforts of the King of Spain, to, to transform the... Um, just the quality of, of morals or the, the quality of living, uh, that really Catholic civilization will, will take a deeper route rather than have all of the, the problems from the background of paganism. And so, yeah, the King of Spain, Philip II, he wanted the foundation of this monastery. And that's actually, you know, what's the importance of monasteries and why do we pray for religious vocations and why it should be something very dear to us. You know, a lot of times, Father, you talk about the the apparitions of Our Lady in Quito and the message that you're giving is, oh, it's it's really all about the religious life. And parents sometimes will say, well, what am I supposed to do with that? I'm not a religious. Well, it has to do with the way we we form our families, the way we raise our children. We're hoping that our children will have vocations. We're hoping that they would want to Enter the religious life, not because of a status, but because of the sacrificial life that that is, knowing the the possibility to grow in sanctity in the religious life, and then understanding how much the balance of the world Amen. is hanging on on the religious life. Hold this that thought. Yeah, praise be to God. What a great point. Uh, Father Adam Purdy is our guest. He is the pastor of Queen of Angels. We're talking about Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación and the implications of that. We're going to get into a little bit more detail on the statue and the miracles and the message for our time. Coming up. It's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. 
right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Hey, E.S. Giselle, good morning and happy birthday to your uh, seven-year-old Gabriel today. Happy birthday, Gabriel. Seventh. Well, that's an amazing, uh, amazing year, n- number seven. So praise be to God. Hopefully you are going to have a great day today. Uh, on the program right now is Father Adam Purdy, pastor of Queen of Angels, which is really not far from where we are today. But we're talking about Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación, or uh, somewhat commonly used as Our Lady of Good Success. We talked about the, the, the differences and the, the necessity to you know maintain the proper title there, Our Lady of the Great Event of the Purification. Uh, but uh, Father, welcome back. I want to ask you more uh, quickly about the statue. There were miracles associated with the statue. This is a statue that has its own crozier, keys to the place. It's special in so many ways. Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, so the, the statue was carved by a local uh, craftsman or a local artist, and it was finished miraculously by all the angels, uh, also St. Francis. It was it, during the really a, I guess, a vision, Mm. uh, which Mariana and the upper choir had. This was in 1610. Uh, This happened where the the statue was miraculously finished. Uh, The Blessed Virgin Mary standing next to the statue, um, looking and admiring the work uh, of the angels and finishing particularly the face uh, of Our Lady in the statue. Uh, And then the Virgin Mary, she stepped inside the statue. The statue became alive. Uh, and, you know, the book says there that she she sang the, the Magnificat. Um, it is a special statue. Um, and I think that's also the, the most important thing to understand about the apparitions in Ecuador, uh, in Quito to Mariana. Um, I said to a friend one time, we were discussing, you know, the Virgin Mary, the statue, she's she's a religious. And the whole meaning of everything that's going on with all of these apparitions is the religious life is going to be the answer for the restoration that she calls the restoration of the church. And we should be looking at everything that goes to produce a religious vocation as part of the spirituality that this whole thing is uh, teaching us. But yeah, she holds the keys of the convent uh, and the crozier symbols of authority. 
Uh, she's girded with the cord of St. Francis. Uh, she was anointed by the Bishop of the Diocese in 1610, which is the anointing of abbots and abbesses. It wasn't simply, oh, let's make this holy by putting holy oil on it. Uh, a very specific use of the oil for the, for the anointing of abbesses. And she takes a name in religion, uh, Maria del Buen Suceso de la Purificación. Uh, it's, it's a name uh, in religion. So she, she is the religious, uh, she is the abbess, uh, and you know, mm. that's the answer for, for our time. No, I, I understand most of the information about uh, the life of Mariana, the apparitions, was more specific to her religious life, his religious life in general. But there is a section that is very specific about future troubling days within the church, these prophecies that I think are very stark and stand out. And for those that aren't familiar, might even have, there might be some sticker shock there, too. Maybe you can speak to that, Father Purdy. Uh, yes, it was shown to Mariana in several of the apparitions that there would be a period of, let's just say, struggle, crisis, uh, difficulty in the church. And... I think one of the easiest ways to to understand or to kind of just sum up everything that she's saying, because some things are very specific. Um, I would say with one of the apparitions, she describes the destruction within the church through the eyes of the sacraments, mm. seeing that all of the sacraments undergo some kind of change, some kind of, of perversion. Uh, you know, confirmation is, is is gone. It's not available anymore. False piety and that, oh, yes, Uncle John, everyone's going to heaven. He's going to go to heaven. So why bother with extreme unction or marriage disappearing and illegitimate children everywhere without the grace of the sacrament? You know, that would be one of the, the lead uh, reasons for loss of priestly vocations, uh, the loss of vocations and the sacrament of orders, the Eucharist even being cast on the floor. Uh, and trampled upon. Uh, so yes, one of the apparitions is specifically uh, aiming right at the sacramental life of the church and and that uh, the change and the destruction that, that's happened. Now, specifically, there was a mention of the 20th century, like this was intended for a time in the future. Uh, how specific was that time in the, in the prophecies? In, in the books, the, the 20th century is mentioned several times uh, as as the time of this crisis uh, at the end of the 19th century and then the 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 middle of the 20th century is also mentioned of course at the end of the 19th century the uh, the liberalism prevailing in the church mm. um, is, is a big thing uh, the beginning of the 20th century Pius X condemning modernism uh, and then you know, when you get to the middle of the 20th century, you have the Second Vatican Council, which is kind of a, it's a revolution in the church. And uh, it's, it's very easy. Someone could say, well, no, you can't point the finger at the Second Vatican Council for, for a lot of devastation that's happened in the church. Um, I think there are plenty that would argue against you. Uh, you can point the finger. And uh, there's a revolution in the church. Um, so was the, uh, Our Lady specifically referring to those those events and then the kind of consequences of them? Many would argue yes. I would also, I mean, I know much debate has been had over, 
you know, Vatican II and, and the aftermath. And the numbers speak for themselves as far as the aftermath goes. But I, I want to say things weren't all that rosy the day before Vatican II started, right? I mean, there was, I mean, as no. you pointed out, Pius X and Leo and others uh, were were dealing with a lot of things well a hundred years before and more before uh, Vatican II ever convened. That's true. I mean, Gregory the Sixteenth. Uh, we're talking eighteen thirty-two. I mean, that's that's a long time ago. Uh, it's almost two hundred years ago. Gregory the Sixteenth condemning, you know, ideas in his encyclicals that actually prevail in society today. I mean, in society, even particularly in the United States. Uh, we as Americans often are standing without even knowing it. We're standing next to principles which have been condemned by the church. Now, Father, you know, there's no doubt that there's going to be a period of chastisement. I mean, we we truly do deserve a lot of what we well we get what we deserve. We get what we deserve most of the time, right? Um, I, I want to tie this apparition to Our Lady of Fatima, who similarly told the the children that they had to suffer for the conversion of sinners. Um, what is the answer to this uh, apparition? Are, are we living through it right now? And what can we do to stay the hand of God, the punishment that we rightly deserve? Um, yes, it's interesting, you know, asking the children at Fatima to, to suffer. Uh, in Ecuador, also with Mariana of Jesus, uh, she was asked to be a victim for, for the 20th century specifically, which is it's remarkable. Um, the role of suffering, I think that suffering is purifying, and we, we have to have that willingness to be able to, to suffer. At the same time, though, a lot of times people think that just means turn the other cheek. It means let evil continue to happen, and somehow by prayer we'll, we'll overcome it. I think there, there does have to be some, some proactive effort on the part of Catholics to, to um, conquer the evil. You know, we should be looking to organize ourselves well. We should be looking to support each other in our communities. We should be looking to to kind of root out the evil in, in the many places that it is, you know, even in politics. We as Catholics should be looking to run for office, and we should be looking to make a difference. Um, but yes, uh, the time that we're living in is is a time of crisis. It is a time of of suffering. And I think definitely God can use it, uh, you know, people who are suffering, the silent souls that are suffering, the graces that they merit for the church. Uh, I think it would be very important for that restoration of the faith. We Father, have, oh, so go ahead. Okay, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, go ahead, Adrian. I was going to ask if uh, what is the call to action that you and I, uh, the laity, that are listening to the show right now, you're, we're hearing this message, we're fired up, we're like, okay, there's a crisis, there's a crisis situation, what do we do, Father? I would say we need to, first of all, get informed about, you know, what's really going on in the world, in the church, uh, and, you know, what it is that we need to know our faith. Uh, we, we can't provide answers for for others if we don't know the answers ourselves. So I would say picking up a really good catechism. Uh, I would say trying to organize ourselves for different uh, catechism classes or asking your priest to give catechism, you know, asking, you know, use the catechism of the Council of Trent, uh, specifically written for pastors. Um, I think that would be very important. Um, I just, I would say good community. 
we need to have the kind of contacts. We need to have that family life amongst ourselves. Uh, we need to have um, the support. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of things to consider. You know, there are Catholic action groups that are specifically for for different things. There are, um, you know, different different works that groups do. I think those are also important. Mm. Um, yeah, I, with with just one minute left, I want to ask you because we're running out of time super fast now. Uh, the part of the prophecy was. Uh, there's a silver lining, right? There's uh, there's hope at the end, or light at the end of the tunnel. We have about 60 seconds. Uh, yeah, she did say that uh, just when everything seems to be completely lost and everything is, you know, gone, uh, that would mark the beginning of my hour, and there would be a total restoration. Amen to that. Praise be to God. Father Adam Purdy, thank you for your time today. We appreciate your insight on Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación, or uh, you might hear Our Lady of Good Success. Look into it. Study it. It's, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, Father Adam Purdy, God bless you. God love you, and have a great day. God bless you. All right, that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us. If you can and you'd like to, join us in the second hour. We would surely love to have you. If you're not able to tune in on radio, you can always watch us live on our website or listen live on our website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We're going to have a good news story, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling. Prizes are involved, and then we'll have an after show where we will conversate directly with you. All that for those that are able to join us in the second hour. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. And have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. When we see how crazy this world is, we can be tempted to isolate our family on a desert island and leave it all behind. Well, that's not really practical. But one thing you can do is take your family away on your very own family retreat. The goal of this retreat is for growth in your family identity and relationships and to give you time to intentionally pray together as a family unit. The four parts of the family retreat are family bonding activities, prayer, teaching, and fun. We've learned that if you're going to pray with your children, you also need to play with them. When parents develop these four aspects of their weekend away with their kids, the results are amazing. 
Devoting time to your family has a lasting impact on your kids, especially if you make it a tradition every year. To enable more families to do a family retreat, we have put together a short guide to help lead moms and dads through their own retreat planning process. To access this free download, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Father Adam Purdy about Our Lady of Buen Successo de la Purificación, a great, great apparition. You should check it out. There's a lot of resources uh, online for her. I read a book in 2020 about her. It was just amazing. So that uh, conversation will be posted to our social feeds at some point. We also talked to Mark Houck from the Kingsmen, thekingsmen.org, about uh, the retirement of Tom Brady and the teachable moment for husbands and fathers Men of the world to take our role seriously as husbands and fathers, to protect our wives, our kids against the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? Uh, so uh, great conversation with Mark Houck in the last hour as well. Again, we'll post both those conversations on our social feeds. Check us out online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. I tell you, these allergies, do you guys have allergies? I don't know. Do you have allergies? Because my allergies are killing me right now. I mean, I'm not sick. I'm just like the face doesn't, it's like Niagara Falls going down. Right now. So I have well, allergies. Do you? To work. Oh, well, we can solve that then. <laughs> we can solve that. Okay. <laughs> I, I see rest in your future. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged you. sword. Uh, you know, n- welcome to Houston. You, your allergies hey. will just get worse from here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of uh, confused by the strange weather, you know? One mm. day it's super cold, yeah. another day it's raining, yeah. another day it's... yeah. Frostbite. I yeah, know. I know. Well, in fact, you know, this week we have a big winter storm coming. Is that right? Yeah, you didn't know. Like, yeah, I got a letter in the door that said, hey, keep your sinks running and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, you're joking. So Dallas, it. North Texas is going to get like ice and snow, like seriously. Wow. All the way up to Boston. Like, that's the line. But Houston, we may get, we may get uh, freezing weather on Friday. Wow. So welcome to the team. Welcome to the club. I'll Good ski luck. my way God back bless. to work. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of skis, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of skis, praise be to God. Well, I've never you skied ski. before. I've never. Uh, well, let's change that. Uh, yeah, if y'all want to do it, maybe let's go skiing. I had this other In idea Dallas. about skydiving. Maybe I'm not we doing that. mix the two. No. And like, not we'll do like a James Bond type of thing we'll with Adrian. No, absolutely not. We'll throw him out of an airplane. He'll zero land on chance. a mountain, ski down, and begin to produce the there program. Is, seems less reasonable. Than zero it does, chance. doesn't it? 
like jumping out idea. of planes. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm not scared of heights. I'm scared uh-huh. of jumping out of perfectly good airplanes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I think it's a reasonable fear. I'm I just think, saying. I think you should check your roles and responsibilities. There is a clause in there. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm looking. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm seeing right and here. Anything else? Uh-huh. Your yeah. boss decides. Doesn't say what is your that? boss decides. Yes, it, it does. says uh, that's beneficial to the Guadalupe Radio Network, and, and that would not so... be beneficial to the Guadalupe Radio Network. <laughs> Me being dead, we did it not. for the views. You we won't... did it for YouTube clout. Good grief! All right, enough silliness. Did it for the vlog. We may or may not be throwing Adrian out of a plane soon. Not. We're not doing that. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know how that's got anything to do with allergies, but if you have allergies, I'm praying for you today and offering up my suffering for your sake. Praise be to God. We're going to be praying for your needs and intentions here in just a moment. We have a good news story for you. Uh, Then we have our saint of the day, gospel of the day, and then we're going to play our game Fear and Trembling. New opportunity to win prizes this week, so be ready to make that phone call at 15 past the hour. Let's pray our phones work. I mean, good grief. Let's let's pray the phones work today uh, at the appropriate time. That'd be fun. And then in the second half of this hour, we are going to just conversate with you about whatever it is you decide, dear listener. You get to drive that conversation on our live social feeds, uh, which is all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But tick, 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 your time to get the uh, tickets to the Brand new Mercedes. It is a GLA 250 2022 in night black. It's a nice little Mercedes. Have you ever driven a Mercedes? Have you ever owned one? Well, you could. $25 a ticket. Or if you do a $100 deal, you get an extra ticket absolutely for free. So a bonus there. And you might win. And we're going to draw a name out on this show live, as a matter of fact. We are the ones that get to pull the name and announce it live on the radio. And that's at the end of February. So your chance to win this car is coming up. Very quickly now. Uh, so get in on this if you can. GRNonline.com is the website. Now, a better way to do it might be less convenient. I'll, I'll argue that. Okay, I can see the point. It's a little less convenient, but it's super cool because if you call your local GRN station manager and you ask them personally, hey, listen, I want car raffle tickets and I want to help you sell car raffle tickets to my friends, my family members, my Bible study group, my whatever, that would be amazing. You would be supporting your local Catholic radio apostolate. You would be become uh, basically a missionary along with us in Catholic radio, and that would be amazing. Go to grnonline.com for the details. That's grnonline.com online.com. You can find your local station manager's contact information there as well. One more time, grnonline.com. Let's pray and jump into our hour, praying for your needs. Dear listen, whatever's on your heart, we're going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth uh, to pray for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. This is coming from the Epic Times. They have an article called, For Whom the Bell Tolls, the Last Traditional Bell Foundry. A bell that tolls rings of timeless tradition. For centuries, peals demonstrated the immortal effort to give glory to God. Funerals, weddings, and church services employ bells signaling to humanity an aural expression to contemplate all there is, seen and unseen. 
However, in Ruther Glen, Virginia, tangible sounds of bells ringing late into the night or early in the morning may not necessarily be directly associated with a church. As a solitary ringer, Benjamin Sunderland maintains an age-old craft of pitch-perfect carolins and chimes at his foundry. But that's not all he does. Sunderland, along with his wife Kate, operates the only traditional bell foundry in the United States. Since September 2015, their mission has been to rebuild a dying craft of making traditional bells using time-honored European techniques. A professor encouraged me to seek research opportunities to study at bell foundries. I was fortunate enough to receive funding to travel abroad and learn the craft, art, and science of campanology, he says. Sunderland's affinity for craft resonates with customers from churches, government, and educational institutions. If not casting bronze bells, his company is taking on contracts to manufacture, restore, and tune carolins and chimes. His most recent proud endeavor found him manufacturing a 55-bell traditional carolin for the Memorial Bell Tower at North Carolina State University in Raleigh. Our country does not have a native bell culture, so our interests are broad and admittedly underdeveloped or borrowed from Western European traditions, Sunderland said. In American churches, a single bell will call the community to worship or to pray the Angelus. You can do a lot religiously with one bell. You can toll it for funerals or ring it at celebrations or during feast days or weddings. You can interact with bell culture with that one bell because it's more affordable. And you can make a bell fit in most towers. I would say that a single bell is an American phenomenon in that it seems that if they have the architecture like a tower, they will at least have one bell. Bells are not essential to life, Sunderland concedes, but we like them because they have those qualities that help locate us in a specific space. Whether sacred or secular, bells remind us of our time and our mortality. The self-proclaimed professional bell geek recognizes the importance of what makes a great bell, no matter for whom it tolls. And by the way, did you know that a blessed bell in a parish tower repels demons with an earshot? That's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Jean de l'Estonic, another French saint. Let's have fun with these names. De l'Estonic was born in Bordeaux in 1556 at the age of 17. She married Gaston de Montferrand, with whom she had seven children three of whom died in infancy. She was married for 24 years when her husband died. This marked the beginning of a very painful period in her life, with the further loss within seven months of her father, her uncle, and her eldest son. Following her husband's death, St. Jean, at the age of 46 and with her children now grown, turned to a contemplative life and entered the Cistercian Monastery in Toulouse, where she was given the religious name of Jean of St. Bernard. She found great peace and satisfaction in the monastery and the monastic life, but after six months, she became very ill and had to leave the monastery. She then went to live on her estate of Le Motte Luce to recover her health, where she adopted the lifestyle of a secular devotee. A few years later, in 1605, a plague broke out in Bordeaux. At risk to her own life, she returned to her native city to help care for the sick and suffering in the slums of the city. A Jesuit attached to the College of Bordeaux arranged a meeting between her and two Jesuit fathers. The Jesuits asked her to serve as founder of a new teaching order of young women. The three decided upon a cloistered community to follow the Benedictine rule, modified to allow the sisters to teach. The group gained approval of Pope Paul V in 1607, and the community took the name of Compagne de Notre-Dame. The group purchased an old priory near Chateau, and the community established its first school for girls in Bordeaux. 
By the time she died in 1640 at the age of 84, 30 houses existed in France. She was beatified in 1900 by Pope Leo XIII and was canonized on May 15, 1949 by Pope Pius XII. Saint Jean de Lestonic, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 32. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was a righteous man, a devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And inspired by the Spirit, he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen said, If we marvel to hear that a woman was healed by touching the hem of a garment, what must we think of Simeon, who received an infant in his arms and rejoiced, seeing that the little one he carried was he who had come to let loose the captive? Knowing that no one could release him from the chains of the body with the hope of future life, but he whom he held in his arms. Close quote, Origen. How about Ambrose today? Quote, By the words opening the womb, he speaks of birth after the usual manner. Not that the sacred abode of the virgin's womb, which our Lord in entering sanctified, should now be thought by his proceeding forth from it to be deprived of its virginity. Close quote, St. Ambrose, pray for us. Our Lady was special, and she submitted by her own will to this law, but she did not need it because she was, in fact, quite special. Adrian, what did you find? A number of things here, well, actually a ton of things here, but a couple things is one, uh, Cornelius Lapide here makes a reference towards baptism. You know, our Lord is circumcised. He's presented at the temple. And, you know, there's some, there's some people who go out there and say that we should not baptize infants. But if the Catholic Church is, or the Christian Church, is a fulfillment of the law of Moses, then why don't we do exactly what was had before? In the old law, we uh, circumcise our children and now we baptize our children. So baptize our children ASAP. But for our Lord, was it necessary that he be circumcised? No. And so people will point and say, Our Lady was purified. Therefore, she must have been a sinner. But no, just like Joe was saying a second ago, Our Lady humiliated herself, made a humble, an act of humility, and was allowed herself to be purified despite the fact that she did not need it. Just like our Lord, who was circumcised, was circumcised without being and needing to be circumcised. The other point that Cornelius Lapide makes here is that Our Lady received the sacraments though she did not need them, any of them, because Our Lady was had perfect, perfect unity with our Lord. 
and with God the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Ghost, that she received that of confirmation, that of the Eucharist, that of even that of extreme unction, out of humility, because she did not need them. Because Our Lady is special, just like Joe was saying a second ago. And the only sacrament that she did not receive was that of penance, because she had no need to confess any sins. So she never received absolution as she was perfect. Just meditate today on Our Lady and upon this great humility of allowing herself to be purified. All right, praise be to God. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. So what we need is a phone call. We need someone to play the game with. It could be you. It's fun. It's easy. You don't need to know the answers to when. But what you do have to do is you have to make a phone call. So the first caller is the one that always gets to be the contestant. So it's time to pick up the phone. Are you ready? The phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. If you've never played, call now. Or if it's been a while, call back. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do not share with anyone my secrets or my agendas. You have to keep this just between us, okay? That's the deal. If you can promise that, well, I'm happy to share them with you. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So 
We find teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something that you didn't know before. Praise be to God. How cool is that? You get to, you know, brag with coworkers, friends, family, that kind of thing. Uh, number two, we like to have a laugh, and you make that fun. Uh, our callers tend to be great sports. They laugh with us. We really enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're just joining us, the deal is I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but the caller does not need to know any of the correct answers. They could win without knowing a single correct answer uh, because I don't ask them. I ask Rudy, I ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be wrong and incorrect, and uh, every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor of our game show this week is Santa Clara Design, who's generously sponsoring our game show with a matching set of prints of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. And uh, this is a perfect opportunity for you to enthrone your home. The owner and lead designer, Lauren, knows how important it is to create a space that reveals the goodness of God and the joy of life. Our hearts desire to draw closer to God. We need encouragement. We need, we long to dwell in spaces that reflect what is true, good, and beautiful. The Catholic online boutique Santa Clara Design provides accessible and affordable ways to create beautiful, sacred spaces in your everyday life. Visit her website at santaclaradesign.com, or uh, you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram at Santa Clara Design. Praise be to God, santaclaradesign.com. Thank you for your generous support of our show today. Let's go to the phones. Uh, God is so very good. Good morning to you, Edward. Thank you for being a part of our program. Oh, yes, the great. Good morning to you. Thank you for uh, thanking me. You're so welcome. <laughs> Praise be to God. We're glad you're on the show. Uh, Edward, you're calling from someplace in uh, the great state of Texas, I guess? Uh, well, it's the, actually, it's the heart of Texas. It's San Antonio, Texas. And more than that, I'm calling from the parish of St. Leo's Catholic Church. That's where I'm riding with. Nice. How wonderful. <laughs> Praise be to God. We're going to get the three out of three. We're going to Vegas. You're going for a perfect score today. Well, that's going to be fun. We're very excited. So you must know the rules, then. You know how the game works. No, sir. I have no idea. I just called it. I just so happened. You know, it's funny because every time, every time I'm listening, I just so happen to get involved with every, anything you got going on. Okay. And I didn't mention to tell well, you that is well, everybody um, needs to call in and uh, donate. But uh, the the bins the bins is mine already, guys. So I do apologize about that one. So that one's, I'm going to win that one. So I don't know if y'all. Okay. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, Edward, let me explain the rules to you real quick, and then we'll jump in. The deal is I have three Catholic trivia questions, right? But I won't ask you, Edward, these questions. I'm going to ask Rudy, and I'm going to ask Adrian, and they're, one of them is going to give a correct answer. The other will give an incorrect answer. And then, Edward, you will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do you think is correct? And then if you get it right, it goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and we will pull a winner out on Friday morning and announce that live on the radio. Could be you. I don't know. But uh, are you ready to play, Edward? Ready. Let's do this. We'll go to Rudy first, as is our custom, our tradition. Rudy, are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? I'm so ready. Are you sure? I, I'm, I think so. Okay. I Praise would say God. so. Sounds confident. Rudy, can you tell me, when was the Feast of the Purification of Our Lady established? Uh, yes, we talked about it today in the program. I'm going to go with February 2nd, 1776. That's what I heard. Ooh. I think that's what I heard. Powerful year, 1776. It was. Yeah, it's when the Marine Corps came alive. Is that right? It's true. True huh. story. Tun Tavern, Philadelphia. Anyway, let's go to Adrian. Adrian, mm, let's see what you have to say here. I have things to say. Yeah, I've been told that. Adrian, can you tell me, when was the feast 
mm-hmm. of the purification of Our Lady established. Mm. Well, some would argue otherwise, but I would argue <laughs> that it comes from apostolic tradition. That's not a date. Yeah, well, it comes. there's not a specific date. So you're saying it goes way back. I'm saying to the apostles themselves. To the apostles themselves? Mm-hmm. Way back. Yep. Okay. All right, so, Edward, here is the deal. The question is, when is the Feast of the Purification of Our Lady? Uh, Adrian says it goes back to the time of the apostles, whereas Rudy seems to think it goes back to February 2nd, 1776. Not all that long ago, really, at the founding of our own country. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Edward, what say you? I go with Rudy's right. Rudy is right. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You know, 1776. It was an interesting year for sure. Uh, American Revolution, uh, founding of the Marine Corps, good things. Praise be to God. But definitely not the founding of the purification of Our Lady. It does go back to apostolic times. But now you know, Edward, right? You learned something. Praise God. Praise God. We got to go. Hey. Um, I didn't tell you it, what it, three was three it was, was going to be right or three wrong. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's well, well played, Edward. Well played. All right, let's go with the second question. I think we're going to get you in this cup, so let's just see how this goes. Uh, we will go to Adrian. Adrian, that's dangerous. I need you. This is going to be like a flashback to me? like grade school for you. Uh-oh. Or I guess grade it's call call. Maybe it's like college because college, college is like this now. Uh, can you fill in the blank, please? Okay. Confirmation makes you a blank of Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. Confirmation. Now, this is, a, this is very theological. I learned this when I was in uh, getting going through confirmation classes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Confirmation yeah. makes you a retiree of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that morning allergy thing going on. Sorry. Mm-hmm. My, my bad. You I've said noticed. it was, you made you a retiree of Christ. Of Christ. That's what confirmation does? Yes, it does. Huh. Interesting. Well, that's my um, experience anyways. Hey, Rudy. Maybe you can help us. Um, can you fill in the blank, please? Could you uh, f- answer this question? Confirmation makes you a blank of Christ. Can you fill in the blank, please? Well, you can retire when you're older. For now, you are a soldier for Christ. Ooh. Mm. So a soldier for Christ. Confirmation yes, makes you a soldier for Christ. Sounds amazing. That's your answer? Yeah. Okay. Edward, here is the deal. Rudy says confirmation makes you a soldier for Christ, whereas... Adrian seems to think it makes you a retiree for Christ. Hmm. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Edward, what say you? Yes, confirmation makes us the soldier of Christ. It's, uh, it's like uh, we're, we're letting them know. It's, uh, the second guy was right. It's like our, it's like our, our pledge. Our pledge. Like, Amen. Up, Preach I mean? it. And re- survey we says. baptized, but now we're claiming it ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, Amen. You are right. It makes you a soldier for Christ. And uh, we, church we will retire four days after we are dead. So Dang, we, four days? Un- we want to make sure, just in case, right? You might come back. You, you don't want to, like, retire too early. So who knows? You're in. You're in. Edward, you're in. Praise be to God. You could win, Edward. It's, it's possible now. But let's see if we can't double your chances to get this prize this week. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, good job on that last answer. Maybe you, you can help us on this one. Maybe. What? Perhaps. <laughs> what is the most important of the sacred vessels? Sacred vessels, you mean like during the Mass? Sure. Uh, well, yeah. I'm going to say the paten, you know, because it holds really? our blessed Lord there on uh-huh. the altar. Uh-huh. So, the paten. The paten. Yep. Whew. It's a round gold dish. Mm. 
Okay, okay. This is the hardest question I've ever had. Yeah, this might be. This might be. I don't know. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the most important of all the sacred vessels? The most important of all the sacred vessels is the chalice. Because mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. cannot have mass without a chalice. You can have mass without a lot of things. But you need the host mm -hmm. and you need the chalice. Yeah. Or else so, where are you going to put the wine? So don't give anybody any ideas, Adrian. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> so so <laughs> you're saying the chalice is the I'm most important. saying the chalice. Okay. Edward, here's the deal. The question is, what is the most important of all the sacred vessels? Adrian seems to think it's the chalice that holds the species of the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whereas Rudy says it's the pattern upon which the, the, the Eucharist is, is held after consecration. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Edward, what say you? I'm going to have to go with the, what holds the, uh, the, 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 what holds the, the, the Eucharist in. Go with the precious blood. Is that the answer? Jealous. I'm going with the guy who, the, yeah, Sorry, the, what, was your, what was your answer? I need an answer. The guy who holds the Eucharist, the thing that holds the Eucharist, the cup. I'm sorry. The chalice? Was that true? Yeah, the challenge that holds the cup. Surface. The body. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's so disrespectful. <laughs> the body and body. But you know what? Like, you know the miracle, right? You, this, everybody on air, if you never know the real miracle that happens, it happens all day long about a hundred places all over the town. Praise There's be to God. But they're turning body, they're turning blood of bread and wine. They're actually, we're turning into the body of Christ. And Amen. Edward. Praise God. Edward, Edward, God love you. Uh, you are you are right. You're in for two, Edward. Praise be to God. You could win. You'll have to tune in on Friday to find out. But we're going to put you on hold so we get your number. But, Edward, thanks for playing our game. Thanks for laughing with us and having a good time today. God love you. Thank you. Peace be with you. Yeah, praise be to God. Peace be with you, too. That is going to do it for the radio side. Congratulations, Edward, getting a two right there. Praise God. If you could join us in the after show, we would love to have you. You can always watch us live on our website. If you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, you can get the live stream there or find one of the links to the YouTube, uh, Facebook, Odyssey links. They're all there as well. Uh, we'd love to hang out with you and you get to drive that conversation. We'll see you then. God bless you and God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. We begin our celebration with the blessing of candles. Behold, our Lord will come with power to enlighten the eyes of his servants. Alleluia.
Dear brothers and sisters, forty days have passed since we celebrated the joyful feast of the Nativity of the Lord. Today is the blessed day when Jesus was presented in the temple by Mary and Joseph. Outwardly, he was fulfilling the law, but in reality he was coming to meet his believing people. Prompted by the Holy Spirit, Simeon and Anna came to the temple. Enlightened by the same Spirit, they recognized the Lord and confessed him with exaltation. So let us also gather together by the Holy Spirit, proceed to the house of God to encounter Christ. There we shall find him and recognize him in the breaking of the bread until he comes again revealed in glory. Let us pray. O God, source and origin of all light, who on this day showed to the just man Simeon the light for the revelation to the Gentiles, we humbly ask that in answer to your people's prayers, you may be pleased to sanctify with your blessing these candles, which we are eager to carry in praise of your name, so that treading the path of virtue, we may reach that light which never fails, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, we humbly implore your majesty that just as your only begotten Son was presented on this day in the temple, in the substance of our flesh, so by your grace we may be presented to you with minds made pure, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. Thus says the Lord God, Lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek. 
the messenger of the covenant whom you desire. Yes, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who will endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire, or like the fuller's lie. He will sit refining and purifying silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, refining them like gold or like silver, that they may offer due sacrifice to the Lord. Then the sacrifice of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord, as in the days of old, as in years gone by. The word of the Lord. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord. Lift up, O gates, your lintels. Reach up, you ancient portals, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord. Lift up, O gates, your lintels. Reach up, you ancient portals, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since the children share in blood and flesh, Jesus likewise shared in them, that through death he might destroy the one who has power over, who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death had been subject to slavery all their life. Surely he did not help angels, but rather the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every way, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest before God to expiate the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested through what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. A light of revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit in the temple. And when, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, 
you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after a marriage, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer, and coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child, to all who were awaiting the redemption of Israel. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate the presentation of the Lord, that every child who is, opens a womb 40 days after their birth, and this is 40 days after Christmas, is presented to the Lord. It's also traditionally the close of the, <clears throat> the long Christmas season. Um, but in modern times, uh, it has become traditionally one of the uh, the day of prayer for consecrated life, imitating Anna and uh, Simeon, who were praying and waiting for the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it is a, a wonderful day of candle mass where we bless the candles, but let's reflect a little bit up upon it. The Virgin Mary had no need of purification. She was, according to the Lateran Council, uh, according to the dogma of her perpetual virginity, she was virgin ante parte, in partu and post partum. That is, before, before, during, and after birth, she remained a virgin. So she didn't need any purification. The purification was, as it says in the gospel, fulfilling the prescriptions of the law of the Lord. That is, obedience. Obedience is the only virtue the devil cannot imitate. And obedience in the in the in worship of God would mean to follow whatever God has given us. At this time in the church, what a wonderful practice of worship and purification would simply to to be obedient to the church. Whether uh, you know in some difficult times to not uh, criticize uh, ministers of the church, to not have a critical spirit, but have an obedient spirit. Because ultimately, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the one who is purifying his church. And on this Feast of the Purification, we recall that obedience is the way that, that we are deeply purified. And so we ask the Lord for, and through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, for this spirit of communion, to walk always in communion with the church and to be in the church, uh, in the temple, in the, in the, in the place of God, worshiping day and night with fasting and prayer and have this spirit of asceticism and asking God for the grace to have a, a pure heart. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. 
We pray for the whole church, that it may reflect the holiness of Jesus Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may serve at the Lord's altar with single-hearted devotion. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for uh, our government leaders, that they may not obstruct the natural law written on all the human hearts, especially pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, and that we may have the grace to recognize Christ in his disguise of human misery and respond generously. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for consecrated life, for the renewal, that they may stay faithful to their charism and relevant to the times. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Marys, we pray. Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, the Lord, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. When Mary brought her treasure unto the holy place, no eye of man could measure the joy upon her face. He was but six weeks old. Her plaything and her pleasure, her silver and her gold. Then Simeon on him gazing with wonder and with love, his aged voice upraising gave thanks to God above. Now welcome sweet release, for I my Savior praising may die at last in peace. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May the offering made with the exaltation by your church be pleasing to you, O Lord, we pray. For you willed that your only begotten Son be offered to you for the life of the world as the Lamb without blemish, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For your co-eternal Son was presented on this day in the temple and revealed by the Spirit as the glory of Israel and the light of the, the nations. And so we too go forth rejoicing to encounter your salvation and with angels and saints praise you as without end as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncheli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in Domine Domini, 
Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and giving thanks broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Proceptis salutaribus moniti, et divin institutioni formati, audemus dicere, Pater noste, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, Sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanos a malo, 
Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon. Mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Panis Angelicus Fiat panis hominum, dat panis celicus, figuris terminum. O res mirabilis, Manduca Dominum Pauper Servus et Humilis Deitrina Deitas Unaque Poshimus Signos tu visita, sicute colimus. 
holy gifts which we have received, O Lord, bring your grace to perfection within us. And as you fulfilled Simeon's expectation that he would not see death until he had been privileged to welcome the Christ, so may we, going forth to meet the Lord, obtain the gift of eternal life through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May God, who through the childbearing of the Blessed Virgin Mary willed in his great kindness to redeem the human race, be pleased to enrich you with his blessing. Amen. May you know always and everywhere the protection of her through whom you have been found worthy to receive the author of life. Amen. May you who have devoutly gathered on this day carry away with you the gifts of spiritual joys and heavenly rewards. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater Son. Hail in the time appointed, his reign on earth begun. He comes to break oppression, to set the captive free, to take away transgression and rule in equity. He comes with succor speedily to those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy, and bid the weak be strong, to give them songs for sighing, their darkness turn to light, whose souls condemned and dying were precious in his sight. By such shall he be feared, while sun and moon endure. Beloved, obeyed, revered, for he shall judge the poor. Through changing generations. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan 
and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. is a co-production of 